Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Professor Jean-Yves Hain and Dr. Cynthia Saloum, authors of Europe, a Strategy for a Regional and Middle Power, featured in Parameter Summer 2021 issue. Professor Hain teaches at New Sorbonne University in Paris, and Dr. Saloum is a defense researcher at the NATO Defense College in Rome. Let's go ahead and get started. In the article, you talk about the evolution of how, in 2020, the European Union finds itself, in your words, a middle and regional power. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, of course. Uh, I'm going to start with this idea of Europe as a middle power. We have developed two axes to understand this. Europe for us is a middle power first in size and then in position. In size because, well, certainly it has a larger population than the United States and the second largest nominal GDP. It has significant defense capabilities, at least for some of its members. We can't count on the UK, but France remains a nuclear power. But it is actually still unable to compete militarily as a world power. Now, on the other hand, as I said earlier, it's a middle power in terms of position, especially from an economic point of view. It's every day kind of more torn in between the two major capitals, Beijing and Washington. Not to say that they are exclusive one of the other, but when it comes to defend its economic interest, it is definitely facing a legitimate hard choice there. On the top of this, and vis-a-vis -vis the United States, we do think that from a sociopolitical and historical perspective, the European Union situation has somehow evolved. We do think Europeans are increasingly more distant or remote from Americans, at least because our strategic interests are kind of shifting. We do not necessarily have the same geopolitical or strategic outlook also vis-a-vis -vis China. We do not have a guarantee vis-a-vis -vis Taiwan. We have the interests to keep the seas and freedom of navigation wide open. If you take Merkel, how she made it clear at the end of a German presidency that priority vis-a-vis -vis China, for instance, is about trade. So this is very important in the current context. Of course, human rights is an important question and it might pop up and be part of the discussion, but it is very clear that this must not jeopardize uh, trade interests. Vis-a-vis -vis Russia, which probably shares the same threat analysis with the Union, but the vulnerabilities of both very different. We have to be cautious. Russia is our neighbor. So it is a middle power in size and position. And it has to become a regional power. If I can just add one word to China, because it's, of course, probably the most important question uh, of it all. The new Biden administration has very explicitly tried to, how could I put it, gang up with European allies against China. The NATO meeting was basically about trying to set up a new NATO 2.0 with a focus on China, but it didn't work. It didn't work because, among others, Germany doesn't want to be part of that new kind of alliance against China. We Europeans, we don't have the same geopolitical interest. We got a lot of trade interest. We may have some competition with China regarding the rule of law, human rights and all this, but we want to be part of a continuing discussion with the Chinese. The kind, all the talks about the new Cold War that is coming from Washington, it's not a European conversation at all. We will see how it will develop, but since we've written the piece, 
the position being in the middle of the two, Washington and Beijing, may have tilted a little towards Washington because we got a, which is pretty keen to have Europeans on board, but we didn't move that much. When I read your article, you came back with some building blocks for a new European grand strategy. Can you tell our listeners about what you see? We basically underline basic building blocks on which to set up what we may call a grand strategy or at least a meaningful strategy for the European Union. The first one is about unity. And the COVID-19 crisis was a very interesting, I would say, exercise. But at least something positive came up from that crisis, which was on crucial moment, European leaders decided to put the unity of the union first, i.e. before national option. There is a recovery fund, 750 billion for Europe. And it's really important because we will not have the kind of inequality in European economies that would have happened if we have let the COVID crisis hit European countries. With that fund, we got some cohesion and some coherence for the economy of the European Union. Yes, it is not implemented still. They need some to have some modification. It's, as always, it's a long, complicated process, but we will get there. We got an economic unity. Of course, we got some political disunion. Poland, Hungary, uh, regarding the rule of law, raising some difficulties. And so we have some obstacle to, to overcome. But the bottom line of the crisis is, I think it's a winning proposition for, for the EU, although the management of the vaccine has been controversial, to say the least. We got some weeks of delay compared to other mm -hmm. actors, but still, here again, the European Union has decided to go for a European-wide vaccination campaign, not a nation-by-nation nation system. For the unity of the Union, COVID has been a good crisis, so to speak. That's the basic building block. The second one is about policy. Policy, it's always complicated, but there are two basic features that the European Union should focus on. Who are our friends? Who are our enemies? That's very basic political assessment. What are the threats? What are our vulnerabilities? If we could keep that compass in dealing with neighbors, with Russia, with countries in the Middle East, it's important to stay focused, to stay strategically focused. And most of the time, Europe has a tendency to lose itself in either grand speeches or aid and assistance program rather than doing this basic strategic exercise. What is my interest? What should I do to fulfill them? The last building block is about proportionality, ends and means. We have rather modest means, and so our objective should be modest as well. And that means that the focus of our strategy must be regional. The problem for the European Union are coming from the south and from the east. If you take the, the question of Libya, we have created a failed state, and yet European Union and your members were unable to address the issue for years and years and years. 
The process is now at the UN level, but it's extraordinary that for an issue which is on our backyard, we are nowhere near to be seen. So ends and means, that's the first rule. The second one is about finding a good equilibrium between diplomacy and defense. We go to geopolitical commission, we talk about strategic autonomy, all this is fine and well, but we always forgot about diplomacy. You have to define your interests first, and you have to engage in conversation within the EU members, but of course with our members too. We got the big players who want to keep their monopoly on this, but we cannot continue like that. We need to find a new balance between diplomatic engagement and our defense effort. It is very important that Europe wakes up and takes responsibility for itself in its own neighborhood. This was very enlightening. I did like at the end that there is still a way out. I always say to American friends, the best way Europe can help the U.S. is to be able to take care of our own problems. If we can say to Washington, don't worry about Georgia, we will take care of that. Then we can set up the basis for a strong strategic a, alliance, a stronger yeah. partnership with Washington, because we'd be both in a position to deal with global problems. But you cannot try to solve global issues if at a regional level we are still rather impotent, inefficient to put our own houses in order. Definitely. That is a great point. Thank you very much. Thank you much. so much. Thank you. Have, Have a good, good evening. Day. Yes, Bye-bye. take good care.